So uh, we are in part three of this series called Staying in Love. Um, all about like how do I fall in love and stay in love. And today we're going to, I think we're going to try to unpack to resolve a little mystery. And a little bit of mystery about, you know, how do I, if you've ever been in love or you've wanted to be in love or you are currently in love, you know, this, this mystery of how do two people, you know, and I, as a pastor I've seen this a lot, they, they come to the altar, they stand in front of each other and they've got all these, you know, googly eyes for each other and they're like, they stand there at the altar and they make this vow, right, before all these other people. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be with you forever. Uh, thick and thin. I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know. And this is like such a big deal to say like, I am your one and only. And this is like forever. Like, right? Like, this is like forever till death do we part kind of stuff, you know. And I'm going to love you forever. And how does, how does two people go from that, from I'm going to love you forever, you know. To, I don't love you at all, right? I don't, I don't even like being around you, right? Like, like, how do you go from this, I'm totally in love, and I'm making this commitment to you, to, I don't want anything to do with you, right? Like, like when I think about you, I just go, right? Like, how do two people, it's a little crazy, you know? Like, every time that spouse comes to mind, there's a bit of, like, no, I don't even want to, like, I don't have a good thing to say about them. And we see it all the time, and it's just like a little nuts. And it's, it's always surprising to me how two people can get there and then be so stubbornly unforgiving of each other. I mean, they made this huge commitment. And, you know, compared to, like, just compare that to, like, like you hear these things on the news about heinous murders and mass murders and shootings and and dictators around the world that commit genocide, and you're like, oh, that's too bad. But the person that you love the most, the person you made this commitment to, who does something small, and you're like, ah, right? Like you're all over them. How is it? Like how do we get there? That's what we want to try to explain today. You know, if you've ever, here's another thing that I think is, is kind of up on the uh, platform to try to explain, try to unpack this mystery. Have you ever had some, like, two people, you know, in the middle of, like, they're thinking about splitting up or thinking about getting divorced? And they, they come to you and you ask them about it. And you're like, hey, well, what's going on? And they just say, well, we don't love each other anymore. And you're like, hmm. You know, so you, you press in a little bit and you're like, okay, well, I bet, like, I don't know, two years from now or ten years from now, right, you you're going to try to, you're going to fall in love again. Don't you think that's true? Like, that there's going to be somebody else out there and like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm open to that. I, I think that could happen, yeah. And, and you know, you say to their, their spouse, you know, like, someday you're going to probably fall. You think you're going to fall in love again? You're going to get married again? And they're like, yeah, I, I think maybe after a little time. So you, so you, you kind of like, okay, so let me get this straight. You both, you know, you both, you're in this place where you can't stand each other. But you're both open to start a new relationship, right, with somebody else. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And you, you kind of, you want to look at them. And I, I, I've, I've thought this a lot. And every once in a while I've said this. Like, so let me just get this straight. This didn't work out very well at all. But you think just 
magically you're going to go into the next relationship and it's going to be great. It's not like what, what inside you doesn't tell you that you're going to write the same story again, that this isn't just going to happen again. Like, like, so here, you know, here's kind of the suggestion I just want to make. Why don't you just fall in love with each other again? I mean, it's, it's easier. I mean, you've invested all this time into this relationship. It's a lot less expensive. It's a lot more simple. And, you, you know, the, I think most people would say, like, you don't understand. You don't get it. It's not that simple. And to some extent, they're right. I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't know all that's going on. I don't quite get it. But I, and I know it's not that simple. So here's what I want to do today. I want to go on a journey with you today to try to, the best of my ability, to explain why it's not that simple. What it is that makes this so incredibly challenging. Now, if you remember, the whole premise of our series was, is it possible to fall in love and then stay in love for your whole life, like grow old together, be on the porch and rockers and have your walkers together and have everybody drive by and say, oh, isn't that cute? Like, is it, is it possible, you know? And it, I think that even if I told you it wasn't possible, even if I told you that there's no way it could happen, even if I could prove to you, something in your heart would still say, I want to be the exception. I still want that. I need that, right? And so, so he, here's what we, we talked about so far. We talked about on week one that if you want to stay in love, you got to make love a verb. Remember that? We talked about like it's not a state of being. It's putting into action. And then last week, we really talked about, you know, kind of explaining the race to second place. I'm going to put you first. No, I'm going to put you first. No, I'm going to put you first. Together, we're going to put each other first. We're going to do all this. And that somehow, you know, maybe, maybe that overcomes some of this. Maybe it is, now could it just be that simple? And I think it could be that simple if every one of us came into our relationship you know, and our hearts were just full, and we were just like, like, man, it's just everything in you was healthy, and, you know, you didn't have any heartache, and you're just very, very healthy. You know, like, like if you ever, you know, if you and your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or your, your, your husband, or your wife, you know, if, if you came into this, and you had just nothing but awesome, incredible relationships in the past, you know, everything before just worked out, you know, your dad he was at every single game that you ever had, right? Your, your mom, she showed up at every recital and everything else you did. She was just so nurturing, and they just, they just poured into you, you know? And like, they just, it was such a loving and perfect environment, and you never felt like everything, there was ever anything that was missing, you know? And you were just like best friends, and like, it was so good, you know what I mean? Like, like if you came into this, right? And you never had any relationships where, like, someone, like, mistreated you, or you felt abused, or you felt taken advantage of. But that's not how it works, is it? I mean, the truth is, your dad didn't show up at all your sporting events. Your mom, she had, she just had a few hurts that she was still trying to work out, you know, and sometimes she worked that out on you. You know, you pushed your buttons, and she kind of went a little crazy on you. You know, and, and, and there, there, you're, you had some issue. Maybe there was some issue in your family, and you didn't really know it at the time, but it had to do with some, some form of addiction. And you're just like, 
oh, I didn't even know that where there's some money issue, and you didn't know there was all this tension about it, but now that you think about it, you're like, wow, you know, or, or maybe you're like, no, my family was really good, right, but, but and I was kind of the golden child, I kind of did everything right, but there was, there's this other sibling, and they didn't do everything right, and they were kind of messing up, but they got all the attention, and you didn't get the attention, even though you were doing everything right, and somehow, you know, you felt rejected. I mean, my point is, we all come into this, right? with a little bit of damage. And that damage and those dings of our heart impact our relationships. And the truth is that, you know, you you might not be aware of it. You might not want to revisit it. You might not want to deal with it. But here's the truth. What you don't know can and will hurt you. So let me introduce you to Mr. and Mrs. Mug. Okay? Now, Mr. and Mrs. Mug met you know, at the end of their college years, you know, and they, they saw each other, you know, and, and he took a look at her, and he was like, "Woo, she's so pretty, you know, I just, woo, you know, and, and she took a look at him, and she was like, man, he is so nice, right, like, he's really got his stuff together, and they were just like, oh, you know, and, and so, like, they, they kind of, they, they, were, they were really cautious about how they treated each other, you know, and they held hands. They're, they're just really careful, though, because, you know, he's trying to win her heart, and she's trying to win his affection, and so they're just, you know, they, they kind of dated, and sure, there were a couple things that went, you know, a little, little bumps in the road, you know, in their relationship, but, but they really believed, you know, we think everything could work out, so they got married, and everything was good. They got about a month into their marriage, right? And, and, and about a month into the marriage, you know, they had the first problem. And stuff came out, you know. And they, they didn't really know where it came from. And, you know, and he looked at her and he was like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, and she, and she looked at him and she was like, you know, I, I didn't know you had such anger problems, you know. And then he was like, well, I didn't until we got married, you know. And more stuff came out, you know. And then, then they hit their next problem, you know. And more stuff came out, you know. And, and she went to talk to her mom and her sister. And she was like, oh, you know, I didn't know he had all these problems. You know, and, and he went to talk to whoever guys go to talk to. I don't know. Looked in the mirror and had a conversation with himself. But, but he, you know, the, here's, you know he, was, he just kept thinking, you know. He's like, she makes me so mad. She brings up this stuff. And if she, wouldn't, if she wouldn't bring up all that stuff, you know, I wouldn't get so mad, you know. We wouldn't have all these problems because my wife, she's got some issues, you know. And, 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 of course, she was like, she was like, you know, She's like, what is going on? So he, you know, he goes to her and he tells her, you know, I didn't see any of this stuff when we were dating. You know, how did I, how did I miss this? You know, because he's like, you know, I, where's all this coming from? He's like, I don't get it. Where's all this coming from? You know, and, and, and she says, you know, well, where's this coming from? You know, when, when we get in an argument, you just make me crazy. You just make me act that way. Right? More stuff's coming out. Okay, so that's all been a little entertaining, right? But, like, what do we have to learn here? What is it that we need to learn? See, Mr. Mug, see, Mr. Mug thinks that the beads, all these beads come out of him, right? 
And he thinks that they come out of him because Mrs. Muggs got problems. But you know what Mrs. Muggs thinks, right? Mrs. Muggs says, all these pink, all these pink and purple, they're coming out because, well, Mr., you know, Mr. Muggs, he's got issues. They're having problems in the relationship. That's the only reason all this is happening. See, here's what I think the truth is. See, Mr. Muggs, stuff's spilling out of you because it was already in you. It was there in the first place. All she did and all she said, whatever happened, all it did was push a button and it was already there. And Mrs. Mug, you know, there's pink beads that are coming out. They were there before you ever met. He was already in there. And see, this is why people who make this ultimate commitment together, you know, they're like, they're, they're like, I'm so in, they end up more mad at each other than they've ever been in their lives. And the reason is because, you know, as males, you know, men, the, he, Mr. Mug, he goes into this thing and he's absolutely sure that the reason that the beads, the blue beads come out is because she gets on his nerves, right? Like she keeps saying that stuff and she keeps doing that stuff. But Mrs. Mug, Mrs. Mug, like she is absolutely sure, right? She, if he would just stop being so angry, you know, if he would just be a little less this way or a little bit more that way, you know, if he would just be a little bit more careful, the pink beads would be all fine. They wouldn't come out anywhere. But the reason they come out, the reason this makes things not so simple is because it was in there to begin with. Was in there in problem. And this is the reason, like, just finding someone else to get married to isn't such a great solution. Because all this junk is still in you. It's still there. You've got to do something with it. All of us have stuff in us. Like, all of us bring some attitudes, bring some little dinged up, a little damage, a little brokenness, a little pain that's in your heart. And isn't it true that when we bring that, when we come into a relationship, and stuff comes out that the first thing we do is blame the other person. Right? Isn't, it, isn't this true that, like, whenever stuff comes out, they just go, if they would just stop it or if they would just start doing this, if, if something was just different. And the real reason that it comes out is because it's always been there. It's always been there and it's just coming out now. Those, those offenses, those things that bother us so deeply, they've always been there. But it's so much easier, right, just to blame the other person. It's their fault if they just wouldn't, if they just would. And, and, and here's the truth, right? In our closest familial relationships, and particularly in our romantic relationships, it draws this stuff out of us faster than anything else, right? I mean, there is junk in our hearts and our relationships draw it out more than anything else. You might be fine. You know, when I, before I was a parent, I thought I was a pretty good person. Yeah? Okay, right? Like, how many of you kind of, you relate to this, right? Like, and there's stuff in you that's good, but like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, right? Like, yeah, right? Like, there's in your relationships, it comes out. 
You're like, where did that, I mean, your spouse is asking, like, where did that come from? And you're going, I don't know. I'm just going to blame it on them because I don't want to deal with it. Right? So there's some good stuff in you too, and that also comes out. But there's some stuff that's not so good, and that's the issue. And it, when we get bumped, when things don't work well, we will just blame the other person. Ignore what's in us and blame the other person. It's safer. It's easier. We know how to do it because we don't know what's going on inside of us. And the person who bumped us, right, the person who bumps us, they go, all I said was, you know, the trash is full, right? And the, person, the other person is like, well, it sounded like something your mom would say, right? And back at it we are again, right? Like, right there it is. And see, here's the deal. The only hope we have of this getting any better, if you want hope to stay in love, to enjoy relationships around you, and there's some problem relationships around you, the only hope is that you own it, you know it, and you deal with it. You bring it into God's presence. There's, this is your only hope. It's not going to get better. You, I know that you've grown up and you've thought and you've been taught just to shove that stuff down, Right? No, it's not okay to feel that way. That's a bad feeling. It's just a feeling. Feelings aren't good or bad. Feelings are conversations with God about what he wants to do in our hearts. And you've been shoving it down, and you've been ignoring it. But everybody else in your life is like, it is leaking out everywhere. I mean, this is the problem with our feelings. You can shove them in the trunk of the car, and they're still driving. Right? You think you've taken care of it. You think you packed it away. And it's still driving all of your behavior and all of your reactions. So we're just going to look at one verse this morning. So if you want to open your Bibles to Proverbs 4.23, pull out your, your outline. That's where we're going to be this morning. One verse written by the wisest man who's ever lived. One verse that tells us a lot about our heart and how to deal with this. Here it is. It says, Solomon, King Solomon says this way. He says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do. All of your behavior flows from it. In other words, above everything else that I have told you. If you've ever read the book of Proverbs, there is a ton of stuff in there. Really good advice in there. He says, above all these other things that I've told you. Above everything else. And, 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 and Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. And Solomon wrote... The Song of Solomon, which is, incidentally, in romantic relationships, all about sex, right? And then, and then he wrote the book of Ecclesiastics, which is all about, like, how, when you get old, what do I do with that? How do I, how do I deal with the stage of life? So he's, like, covered everything, and he's covered all stages of life. And this is what he says. He says, above all of that, all the advice that you could get, everything you think is important, above all of that, and, and especially when we're talking about relationships and romantic relationships, how do they stay in love? He says, I got some good advice for you. And if you want to stay in love, here it is. He says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Now, the literal translation of this in the Hebrew is pay attention to your heart. Pay attention to your heart. Monitor your heart. Watch over your heart with all diligence. And in the Hebrew, the word heart.
heart is actually the center of your mind and your will, your ability to choose, and your emotions. It's like, listen, watch over all of your attitudes and your perceptions and the things that you think are the way they are might not be the way they are. So watch over it and and pay attention to it because those hurts and those insecurities and that damage that you got that you didn't want to admit to, that you don't like to even talk about, that you prefer to think is fine, all of that junk is going to harm you. It's going to harm your relationships. So guard your heart. That doesn't mean keep people out of your heart. It means be careful about what's in your heart because it's going to come out of your heart. Now, we hear that idea of, like, pay attention to your heart, guard your heart. We're like, huh? Like, right? Like, like, are you sure? Are you sure that's really the application here? Like, are you sure that's what that really means? I mean, that, that sounds a little touchy-feely. You know, I mean, we, we should just make decisions and just do stuff, right? Like, we don't, you don't really want to deal with all this emotion stuff, do you? And Solomon says, pay attention because it's going to come out. Now, let me just, we all do this all the time. So let me give you a really, a really easy one, right? Like, if you don't think that you got junk in your heart and it comes out, get in your car. Just get in your car and drive a little bit, right? How many of you, how many of you think, like, you went, you took your driver's test, and you knew that when they said, What a yellow light means, it meant slow down, caution. How many of you are, like, right there, right? Okay. How many of you, you took your driver's test, but the person who taught you to drive told you what it really means? Speed up. Now, be careful. There's some police in the audience. So, 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 right? Like, so, so let me ask you something. You get in your car, and how many of you speed up people have ever been behind the slow down people? Stuff came out, didn't it? Right? Like, you're just driving along. You're... Happy day, and all of a sudden, that person's put on the brakes, and it's, like, it's turned yellow, right? And, and they've got, like, 20 minutes to get through the light, and you're like, what are you slowing down for? Someone's going to hit us, right? Like, come on. Stuff's coming out. And some of you slow down people have been tailed by those other people, right? Stuff came out, didn't it? Right? You had choice words for them, like, stuff came out. Like, all I'm saying is that in our life, stuff spills out all the time. If you don't pay attention, if you don't guard your hearts, and if you're in a hurry and things are going on, like you're not paying attention, it's going to come out. Now, we're not very good, right? If I ask you right now to turn to your neighbor and tell them your plan for paying attention to your heart, for guarding your heart, most of you would look at them and say, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't have a plan for this. But I'm going to tell you what you are good at. Every one of you is good at this. You know how to monitor your partner's behavior, don't you? You know how to monitor your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your fiance, your husband, your wife. You know how to monitor their behavior, don't you? You do that all the time. If I said, like, hey, like, guard your heart, you'd be like, eh, I don't know. But if I asked you, like, hey, how do you monitor your spouses, your, your, your romantic person, people you're in love with, people who are in your family, how do you monitor their behavior? You'd be like, oh, I got that one down. I pay attention to that all the time. Most of us pay no attention to the condition of our heart. Instead, here's what we do. We monitor our partner's behavior. We see, let me, let me see how they're behaving. Like, why is that? And here's why I think it is. Because everybody at some point thinks, if I can just get him or I can just get her to behave in this way, right, 
then I'll be happy. Right? Then I'll be really happy. Let's just play that out, you know. We go into a relationship. You chose your relationship, right? Because you wanted to feel loved. Or you wanted to feel pretty. Or you wanted to feel respected. You wanted to feel competent. You wanted something. You wanted to feel taken care of. Like you've never made a list, but there's just certain things you wanted to feel. And you, you kind of came into that relationship. And you're like, oh, he makes me feel that way. Oh, she makes me feel that way. And then even though you've made a, never made a list, when that person does that, or stops doing that to make you feel that way, you notice, don't you? All of a sudden, you're paying attention, like, well, they're not doing what makes me happy. Because you have an unspoken expectation that they would meet those needs that make you happy. That they would be whatever you needed to make that all happen. Now, you've never said that to them. You've never talked to them about that. You've never made that list, but you want them to make you feel a certain way, and it's why you were attracted to them in the first place. It's why you got together. And when they don't do that, messes things up. And that's really normal. I mean, that is so normal. And, and, And most people, I think this is true, right? Most of us don't even know that that's happening. We're monitoring our spouse's behavior, and they're not acting the way that we think they need to act because we need something from them, and they're not giving it to us. And we don't even realize what's really happening there because we have our unspoken invitation that my happiness depends on the way he or she behaves. If they would just behave a certain way, if they would just do a certain thing, then I would be happy. This works in all kinds of relationships in our life. We have all these unspoken expectations, and we're doing it all the time. You just, if you would just say the right things, if you would just do the right things, right? Like, like we, we depend on that relationship and that, and here's the problem. We have two people come together and I'm depending on you to make me happy and you're depending on me to make you happy. And, and we come together and we have all these needs and we're monitoring each other's behavior and it doesn't work. Now, it would be fine if we all came into this and we were all great, like our love relationship was great, and our heart was perfect, and we, we, we wouldn't have this problem. We would never blame the other person, but we, we do, and when we blame the other person, and we all do it, right, here's what's, there's an unspoken strategy. If I just make a plan, if I just get a little more control, if I just treat him or her this other way, I'll make them behave and go back to the behavior I like. Right? So I'm just going to try to control that because we all want to feel a certain way. And we depend on that person in our life to make us feel that way. Also normal. I mean, feelings got you into this relationship in the first place, didn't they? It certainly wasn't common sense. I mean, that would have been totally different. So when you got into this relationship, it's because you made, made you feel certainly. There are certain needs that you needed. And your ability to feel that way. Now, here's the thing, and this is what we've been talking about all along with this thing, Mrs. Mike. Your ability to feel happy is not dependent on the other person's behavior. And that's part of it. But we largely put all, all everything in that basket, and we ignore the part that actually we have some control over. And that's what's inside of us, the condition of our And you know this. 
because you've had these conversations in your marriage where you said, it just feels like there is nothing I can do to make you happy. And you heard your, you heard your spouse say that, and you were like, I can't believe he said that, but down deep, somewhere down deep, you were like, you knew it was true because nobody's making you happy right now. Because there's something going on in your heart, you don't understand it, you don't know where it came from, you don't know how it got there, but it doesn't matter what they say, doesn't matter what anybody else does, ain't nobody going to make you happy because of the condition of your heart. And your ability to feel loved, accepted, and repaired when cared for, listen, it has as much to do with your heart as it does with the behavior of your spouse. And they're both important, but let me say this. There's only one of them that you have any amount of control over. You can't make another person, those things are going to be all over by the end of this thing. You can't make another person lovingly do anything, can you? I mean, you can, you can manipulate it, you can try to control it, but that doesn't mean they're lovingly doing it. You can't control another person's ability to love you. And behave the way you want them to in a loving way. You can't. You have absolutely no control over that. Now, I know that some of you are like, you don't know how good I am at controlling. I get it. But listen, it's not good. If you want to stay in love, that's a failing strategy. And if you want me to prove that to you, I'll make a, I'll make a list of people you can interview and they'll tell you about it. Because when it really comes down to it, the only thing you really have control over the only thing that you can really affect is here. It's the condition of your heart by paying attention to it. And I don't mean that you can just change it, but you have a work of collaboration with the living Christ. And he can do things if you're willing to give him consent, if you're willing to move in and say, God, I can't do this. I've got some mess inside of me, and I need your help. And listen, your ability to stay in love has so much to do with that. And here's why. Here's how I know this. Because Solomon says it. For everything you do, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Pay attention to your heart. It's more important than anything else because everything you do flows from it. That little phrase. Little phrase, you know what that means? Jesus talks about this a lot. Out of your heart are the wellsprings of life. In other words, if you'll pay attention to your heart and you'll make space and you'll do the work that's necessary and you'll dive in and you'll say, God, I need to process you. Out of your heart can flow the living God, the things that are beautiful about God, healing and, and truth and reality. Or out of your heart can flow the damage and the brokenness and the pain that you've ignored and you don't want to address and you don't have the courage to look at it and you're like, I don't even know if that can change. And, and, and here's the thing, like you can keep shoving it down, you can keep ignoring it, you can keep pretending it's not there, you can quit it. But if you do, you will not stay in love. Because the only way to stay in love is to deal with it. Because what's in you is going to come out. Not because of who you're with, but because it was within you before you ever got there. Jesus says it too. He says, listen, it's not what you take in. It's not what's outside you that corrupts you. It's what comes out because it was already there. It was already there in the beginning. If your heart is not in good shape, 
your relationship won't be either. And so here's the thing. We've all seen friends, like they're arguing, you know, they're in a marriage, they come to you, you know, and you can see this in somebody else so clearly, and, you know, and your friend comes to you, and, and she says, listen, you know, my, my husband, he's just, he is totally out there, and, and she tells you about the situation, and, and you're thinking, okay, that's like a level four offense on a scale of one to ten, and you got like a level 14 reaction to that, right? Like, you're like way over the top, and you're thinking, Something's going on here. Like, something's, like, this is off, right? But, you know, you don't want to offend her and, and, and ruin your friendship, so you just agree. You're just like, oh, yeah, that sounds bad. I can't believe you did that. And then you go home and you talk to your spouse, right? And you say, man, Jenna, she's got some issues. I think she's really messed up, right? Like, I don't know what's going on, but she is way over the top. Because, and here, here's why I say this, it is almost impossible for you to see this in the mirror. You look at it, and you're like, no, 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 it's the other person. Here's the bottom line. What is in you is going to come out, whether you like it or not. It's already there. And it's not somebody else's face. You can interchange the pieces. You can interchange the faces and the names, but it's still going to come out. So you've got to pay attention to what's in your heart. So let me give you a little advice. How do you do that? How do you pay attention to your heart? There are three ways to do it, and I want you to, I want you to be able to understand it because it's it's opposite of how, shoving that emotion down, and it's opposite of blaming somebody else, and it's going to feel really weird to you, but I, it will help you. Here it are. Three ways. Own it, name it, share it. Own it, name it, share it. You've heard, think before you speak. All I'm saying is, think before you feel, like as you feel, like think about what you feel before you speak, before you say it. Think about, what am I feeling right now? What's going on? And own it. Instead of blaming somebody else, own your own feelings. Recognize you got some brokenness in you. There is nobody here that's perfect, and you would all go, uh-huh, and then you get into those fights. You're like, except for me in this fight right now, I'm perfect or not. Right? Like, like everyone, we need to own it. And the moment you own it, it's like something is going to stir up in you, in your closest relationship. And when it does, Instead of saying, if they would just, if they would just not, if they would be a little bit more, a little bit less, you just say, what is going on on the inside, God? Something is happening. Maybe, maybe your stuff is 10%, maybe it's 50 but something's going on on the inside. Second thing, name it. I mean, what are you really feeling? Is it anger? Is it like, man, I feel so left out right now. I feel so disrespected right now. I feel a little out of control. When, when that happened, I felt, I felt like a failure. I felt like, I felt like a disappointment. I felt abandoned. I felt scared. I felt jealous. Name it. It's really helpful for me after I name it. I go process it with God. I'll write it down. And I say, God, will you speak to me about this? Something is going on. Before I even speak to my spouse about this, or this other person about this, will you speak to me about this? Will you speak some truth to me about this? Third, third share it. Right? I mean, you know the old breakup line, it's not you, it's me. That's the line you use, only not to break up, to stay together. Right? It's not you, it's me. Let me tell you what my part is. Let me tell you what's happening in my heart. Let me tell you about this doubt or this insecurity or this thing that I'm feeling. I can't, I can't seem to control it. And when, when you said, when, when this thing was said, right, I felt this way because I didn't hear what you said. Let me tell you what I actually heard in my heart. 
And this was out of something. I don't know where this is from, but this is what I'm hearing. It's not you, it's me. Right? And, and I know that feels risky, and we're like, oh, I don't want to, like, that's going to put myself out there. And I just want to tell you, trust and vulnerability is what's going to make you stay in love. It's not putting up walls. It's not pretending everything's great. It's not protecting yourself. It's when you share this kind of stuff that makes you stay in love. It's my, my spouse, my wife and I, we are more in love because we just got the junk out in front of us and said, this is what's going on in our lives. And we went, man, I love you more than I did before. You know, you got a lot of junk. Wow, you're really messed up. Yeah. I mean, that's her saying it's not me. You're really messed up, but she loves me more. Right? She's like, that's kind of endearing. So I, I remember just a few weeks ago, um, I've been struggling with something that God's been revealing to me about my past, and I, I'm not there yet. It's not, God hasn't healed it yet. It might take a long time, but it's been with me a long time. But I, 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 I was in the room with my spouse, my, and, and Susie said, she asked me to do something, and I said, okay, just a minute, and I was finishing something up first, and then she got up and just did it. Now, she got up and did it because she realized, oh, he's really busy doing that thing. Do you know what my reaction was? I was mad. I was like, why didn't you just wait? I told you I was going to do it. You didn't have to do it. And she was like, all I did was do it for you, trying to love you, right? She's like, what is this about? I'm like, I don't know. I'll be back. <laughs> Went for a walk. Down deep in my heart, as I searched my heart, I'm like, oh, it's that thing again that I have carried with me, and it's shameful, and I just... This deep feeling that I am a disappointment. It's been with me since I was a kid. And it has driven me in so many ways. And I just, so when she got up and did that, what did I say? How do I interpret that? She did an act of love, and I interpreted it as condemnation. See? You're just a disappointment. You just let me down. See how... See how easy this is to slip into stuff? It's not, it's not going to help you stay in love. So I came up, and I confessed that to her, and she's like, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. So listen, when, you're, when you get vulnerable, listen, if you're in the room and your spouse comes to you and says, listen, I, I felt this. This is what I felt. I'm going to name it right now. I want to share it with you. Please don't tell them, well, you shouldn't feel that way. I can't believe you said that. Like, don't, don't do that. Just say thank you for letting me know that. How can I pray for you? You say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you felt that way. Right? But say it aloud. Because healthy people, healthy people, when they get together and things are bumping and stuff comes out and they didn't know it was there, they don't blame the other person. When they discover it, they do something about it. They say, I want to understand what's going on. And when you discover that your words or your behavior or whatever's going on that brings to the surface something and it's going to cause some emotional reaction in you or your spouse, this is all I'm saying. This is all Solomon's saying. Pay attention because something's in there. Something that God might want to do something with. So listen, you've got to guard your heart. You've got to pay attention. Because if you don't, you'll stay stuck. So my question for you this morning is just this. As we come to this time of communion, what is lurking in your heart? There's like, oh, it's, you overreacted to it. You, you know it. What's lurking in your heart? You've got some doubts. You've got some insecurities. You've got some things that, like, you know when 
he does this, when she does that, man, it just rubs you the wrong way, and you've been blaming them. But this morning, I ask you to come to this table with Jesus, the table that we remember what Jesus did for us, and his heart for us, and his ability to heal us. And I just ask you, what's lurking in your heart that does not belong? That Jesus could say, it doesn't belong there, and I want to help you on your journey. Get rid of it. Own it. Name it. Share it. I know you might be scared about that. Do it anyway. Take a courageous act. Just tell that person. And when they tell you, affirm them. Because now they're not alone in it. Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Maybe that problem in your marriage isn't a marriage problem. Maybe it's heart. Maybe that overreaction isn't their fault. It's something in here. And it's always there. It's time for it to go. It doesn't belong there. Can you imagine what would happen in your romantic relationships and your other relationships if you simply began to own it and you just said, you know what, I know what's in my heart and I've carried a long time and I don't want to carry it anymore and now I'm aware of it and I'm not going to let it drive me anymore. I'm going to love instead. Can you imagine the kind of love it would be? Can you imagine how easier it would be to just love someone if you were okay not forcing them to behave a certain way, if you didn't have to spend all that energy and you could just love them for who they are and you actually knew them and they knew you really well? That's the invitation of God this morning. So, let me just pray for you. Let me bow your heads. Let's pray together, and then we're going to take communion together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done in our hearts and all that you want to do in our hearts. And so, Jesus, I just want to ask this morning, will you invade our hearts? Holy Spirit, will you come into our hearts right now in this moment? And will you reveal anything that is in our hearts that does not belong? Just in this quiet moment, will you let the Holy Spirit speak to you about that thing that doesn't belong? Maybe if you don't understand it, if you don't know it, will you let him speak to you about it? Lord, we've all got some scars. I've got pain. I've got brokenness. Every person here has it. And what, what we need to do is not try to fix it on our own, but to run to you. To run to you, to wait for you, to heal it, to walk with you, to be in your presence, to seek you. Because you are a healer. Because what we need, what we think we've needed from others what we really need is to get that from you. And only when we seek you, only when we become desperate enough for your help, willing to do whatever it takes to follow you and to seek you and to know you, willing to confess that there is no transformation without you, that we desperately need you. Only then can we find a new life. So Jesus, thank you for your promise to heal us. In Jesus' name.